Bienvenidos familia. Gracias por llegar hoy bien al estudio de los versículos. Isaías 12.2 dice, confiamos en ti Dios nuestro y no tenemos miedo porque tú eres nuestro salvador. Nuestro refugio y nuestra fuerza. Confiamos en ti, Dios nuestro, y no tenemos miedo porque tú eres nuestro salvador, nuestro refugio y nuestra fuerza. Salmo 103.2 Con todas las fuerzas de mi ser lo alabaré y recordaré todas sus bondades. Con todas mis fuerzas lo alabaré de mi con mi ser y recordaré todas sus bondades. Salmo 103, 13. Con quienes lo honran, Dios es tan tierno como un padre como sus hijos. Perdón, con sus hijos. Con quienes lo honran, Dios es tan tierno como un padre con sus hijos. Galatas 5.24 Y los que somos de Jesucristo ya hemos hecho morir en su cruz nuestro egoísmo y nuestros malos deseos. Galatas 5.25.4 Y los que somos de Jesucristo ya hemos hecho morir en su cruz, nuestro egoísmo y nuestros malos deseos. Vamos a orar, familia. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Véngase tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad aquí en la tierra como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, dándolos hoy. Y perdónanos por nuestros pecados, así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre malas tentaciones, más líbranos de todo el mal. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria para siempre, siempre, Señor. Amén. Santiago 3.13 Si alguno de ustedes es sabio y entendido, demuéstrelo, haciendo el bien y portándose con humildad. Uh -huh. Primera Crónicas 16, 34. Lémosle gracias porque Él es bueno. Dios nunca deja de amarnos. Hay que levantar nuestras manos y darle gracias a nuestro Padre. Feliz Padre de los días, del día, Señor. Feliz día de los padres, papá. Hay que darle gracias a nuestro Padre Celestial. Feliz día de los padres, papá, papá. Démosle gracias porque él es bueno. Dios nunca deja de amarnos. Gracias, papá. Filipenses 2.5 Tengan la misma manera de pensar que tuvo Jesucristo. Romanos 12.10 Ámense uno a otros como hermanos y respétense siempre. Isaías 43.2 Aunque tengas graves problemas, yo siempre estaré contigo. 
Cruzaré ríos y no te ahogarás. Cruzarás. Caminarás en el fuego y no te quemarás. Isaías 43.2 Aunque tengas graves problemas. Yo siempre estaré contigo, dice el Señor. Cruzarás ríos y no te ahogarás. Caminarás en el fuego y no te quemarás. Uh, ¡Qué problemas, ah! ¿eh? Efesios 2.10 Nosotros somos creación de Dios. Por nuestra unión con Jesucristo nos creó para que vivamos haciendo el bien. Lo cual Dios ya había planeado desde antes. Efesios 2.10 Nosotros somos una creación de Dios. Ahora por nuestra unión con Jesucristo nos creó de vuelta para que vivamos Haciendo el bien, lo cual Dios ya había planeado desde antes. ¡Uh! Eficios dos días. Segundo Timoteo 3.16, todo lo que está escrito en la Biblia es el mensaje de Dios. Y es útil para enseñar a la gente, para ayudarla, corregirla y para mostrar cómo debe vivir. Segundo Timoteo 3.16. Verse, primero de Pedro 5.6 Por eso sean humildes y acepten la autoridad de Dios, pues Él es el poderoso. Cuando llegue el momento oportuno, Dios los tratará como agente importante. Primero de Pedro 5.6 Por eso hay que ser humildes y aceptar la autoridad de nos, sobre nosotros que viene de Dios. Porque Él es todopoderoso. Cuando llega el momento oportuno, Dios nos tratará como gente importante. Amén. Una promesa. Aleluya. Aleluya. Un poco más de la escritura. Colosenses 4.6 De conversar con ellos, hablen siempre de cosas buenas, díganle de manera agradable y piensen bien cómo se debe contestar a cada uno. Santiago 4.7 Por eso, obedezcan a Dios, háganle frente al diablo y él huirá de ustedes. Proverbios 18.10 Dios es como una alta torre. Hacia él corren los buenos para ponerse a salvo. Hebreros 4.16 Así que cuando tengamos alguna necesidad, acerquémonos con confianza al trono de Dios. Él nos ayudará porque es bueno y nos ama. Hebreros 4.16 Así que cuando... Tengamos alguna necesidad, acercámonos con confianza al trono de Dios. Él nos ayudará porque es bueno y nos ama. Felipense 4.19 Por eso de sus riquezas maravillosas mi Dios les dará por medio de Jesucristo todo lo que les haga falta. De sus riquezas maravillosas. Mi Dios 
les dará. Amén. Bendito sea la palabra de Dios. Dios los bendiga, familia. Tengan buenas saludes. Felices a los padres y a las madres allá. Y gracias por la vida que el Padre nos ha dado hoy este. Sean con, uh, compártense bien. Así como me decía mi mamá todo el tiempo. Compártense bien. Bye. Chao. Pasen un buen día. Liberación del temor. Reflexiones diarias. Gracias por llegar hoy a la junta de 12 pasos. Vamos a comenzar nuestra junta con la oración. Dios, concédeme la serenidad para aceptar las cosas que no puedo cambiar. Valor para cambiar aquellas que puedo y sabiduría para reconocer la diferencia. Gracias por llegar y escuchar a la lectura hoy a la junta. Fernando, tengo problemas con alcohol. Y Fernando... Ahora vamos a leer las reflexiones de junio 20. Uh, saludes a todos los papás que están escuchando y las mamás que hicieron papás a los niños. Gracias por levantar a niños llenos de vida, teniendo familia. Liberación del temor es el tema de hoy. Este nos viene por la, el libro que se llama Cómo lo ve Bill, página 61. Cómo lo ve uh, Bill. El problema de superar el miedo tiene dos aspectos. Trataremos de lograr liberarnos del miedo tanto como no sea posible. Después tendremos que buscar el valor y la gracia para enfrentarnos de una forma constructiva con los temores que nos queden. La mayoría de mis decisiones estaban basadas en el temor. El alcohol me hacía más fácil enfrentarme a la vida, pero llegó la hora en que el alcohol ya no era una alternativa del temor. Uno de los más grandes regalos de AA para mí ha sido el valor para ponerme en acción, lo cual puedo hacer con la ayuda de Dios. Después de cinco años de sobriedad, yo tenía que contender con una fuerte dosis de temor. Dios puso en mi camino a la gente que me pudiera ayudar a hacer eso. Y practicando los 12 pasos me estoy convirtiendo en la persona íntegra que deseo ser. Y por esto estoy profundamente agradecido. Amén. Qué bonito sea. Ese es el temor. El temor fue grande para mí, Fernando Alcohólico. Y la única parte es lo que me pasó a mí exactamente con eso. La literatura me dio uh, gasolina en mi tanque para tranquilidad y la más literatura que tuve de, del programa recibí más, más respuestas de la vida y me calmé. 
eh, y se regresó la fe, la paz, la esperanza que se habían huido enfrente del alcohol. You know, me empecé a mejorar en esa forma. Amén. Les quería leer algo de la viña. Aquí hay uno de La Habana, Cuba, por Juan Manuel C. Ya la he le leído una vez, pero ahí va otra vez. ¿eh? Hola, me llamo Juan y solo por hoy no tomo un trago de alcohol. Aprovecho esta oportunidad para saludarlos y compartirles algunas experiencias sobre un tema tan importante como el de nuestras literaturas. Ah, tuvimos, tuve, tengo un amigo que fue a Cuba y estaba como tres bloques cuando explotaron el hotel hoy en el 2022. Ah, yo creo que fue en mayo. Y qué curiosidad que estoy leyendo y trabajamos el programa de 12 pasos y él, él acaba de regresar de Cuba. Ahí va. Conocí esta maravillosa agrupación en enero de 1995 en La Habana. Eran los comienzos de AA en Cuba. Llegué al grupo Habana un día después de la celebración del segundo aniversario del grupo. Sueño el primero en Cuba ese día que cambió mi vida. Me pasaron el mensaje un numeroso grupo de AA mexicanos que habían ido a la celebración. Gracias. En aquellos tiempos teníamos bastante literatura ya que éramos pocos miembros y recibíamos constantemente libros de nuestros compañeros mexicanos de AA, algunos enviados por la estructura de México que nos apadrinaba y otros por miembros que nos visitaban en su mayoría mexicanos pero de otros países también eso posibilitó que a los que nos gustaba leer que somos muchos aprendiéramos bastante rápido sobre que era AA sus principios, su historia y la forma en que funcionaba recuerdo que en mi primer año Leí casi todos los libros de AA. En aquellos primeros tiempos nos regalaban los libros. Después, cuando cre creamos nuestra propia estructura de servicios, los padrinos nos sugirieron que los vendiéramos para que, junto con las contribuciones de los grupos, pudiéramos mantener una oficina de servicios generales. Después de varios años de un buen apadrimiento por parte de la central mexicana, se decidió que ya los AA de Cuba podían automantenerse y se comenzó a comprar la literatura. Dado que la oficina no cuenta con muchos recursos, disminuyó bastante la entrada de literatura desde México. En cambio, se ha recibido el apoyo de los AA de Estados Unidos. 
Hemos recibido literatura desde la Oficina Mundial y también de muchos miembros. Actualmente asisto a las reuniones del grupo Nueva Vida en Miami. Ahí tenemos un cajón lleno de folletos de AA que están disponibles para cuando alguien visita Cuba y lleve los que quiera. Conozco miembros que desinteresadamente han hecho colectas para llevar literatura a Cuba y han asumido los gastos de transportarlos. Me consta que esa ayuda es muy necesaria y muy bien recibida. Entre la literatura que me ayudó en mis primeros años, recuerdo grat gratamente a la viña, creo que por esos tiempos empezaba su edición en español. Recuerdo haber visto a un miembro del grupo como un ejemplar. Se lo pedí prestado y me encantó. Le pregunté contra la había conseguido y me dijo que como estábamos empezando, si les escribía, me suscribían y me las envían gratis. Eso me sorprendió bastante, pero lo hice y me convertí en uno de los representantes de la viña en Cuba. Les dije a otros compañeros y también comenzaron a recibirla. Nos ayudó muchísimo a sentirnos parte de una comunidad mundial. Hace más de 20 años el mundo era diferente. Cada revista que recibía me motivaba a escribir un artículo pero era un novato lleno de temores y tenía, temía que rechazar. Pero entonces sucedió algo que ayudó a que tomara la decisión. En aquellos tiempos asistía al grupo una persona que estaba mal de la cabeza, sin ser alcohólico. Como éramos nuevos, nosotros lo dejábamos participar y por después de, de Supuesto, cuando hablaba todo lo que decía, era totalmente incoherente. Un día nos vio con una de las revistas y nos dijo que iba a escribir. No le creíamos capaz y mucho menos que lo, le recibieran algún caso. Meses después nos sorprendió a todos. Andaba muy contento enseñando una carta que había recibido de la dirección de la viña agradeciéndolo por el escrito que había enviado y que lamentaba que no cumpliera con los requisitos para su publicación, pero que no se desanimara y enviara otro. Cuando vi el trato que le habían dado al compañero y imaginándome lo que él había escrito, se me quitó el miedo. Y estoy agradecido a la viña que me ha permitido compartir en más de una ocasión. Esas experiencias me ayudaron cuando junto a un grupo de compañeros comenzamos una revista similar en Cuba, Sobriedad Sin Fin, la cual recibo aquí actualmente como antes recibía la viña en Cuba. AA no tiene fronteras solo por hoy. Juan Manuel C. La Habana, Cuba. Increíble la historia, qué bonita. Hasta me, nos inspira a todos a escribir. 
a la, a la viña. Si estamos en la cárcel, podemos escribir nuestras historias y seguir con ellos ayudando a mejorarla. La mandas, te la mandan para atrás, la mandas otra vez, te ayudan a arreglar el, el sistema y ponerlo con tema. Y ahí, ahí va, la editoria es editor lvaagrapevine.org. Editor lv, editor como Las Vegas, lv, a, a griega, a, a griega, a, a grapevine.org. <ríe> Lo voy a escribir aquí en las inscripciones. Uh, Dios los bendiga familia, estamos llenos de entusiasmo, un día uh, posible de, de obtener milagros porque nos ponemos poniendo en una posición de milagros, que no, así es, voy a leer el, mi padrino Salomón uh, lo que dijo hoy por el 20 de, del mes, nos dice que en, es increíble Interesante el Proverbios 20, versículo 1, donde nos dice Salomón, es de tontos emborracharse porque se pierde el control y se provoca mucho alboroto. No todos nosotros sabemos de que nos, nos, nos emborrachamos y nos ponemos a pleito y nos perdimos el control. Yo me acuerdo cuando quería... Uh, no beber tanto que miraba que el problema era el alcohol en esa botellita y me decía yo mismo cómo ese ese fluido esa esa cosa en la botella me puede controlar tanto yo puedo pensarlo y fue inútil hasta cuando llegué a los 12 pasos donde me dieron juntos con la junta podía poder de beber parar lo, la matadura el matador el peligro y lo que el pisto el trago me estaba haciendo gracias a Dios que me contestó mi oración en mis rodillas rogué a Dios que me ayuda después no haber comido por muchos meses bien flaco tiemblando lleno de sangre peleándome y no podía pagar renta a 23, 24 años de edad. Gracias que me rescató. Amen. So, ahí, ahí lo voy a dejar. Vamos a cerrar con el Padre Nuestro. Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Véngase tu reino, hágase tu voluntad aquí en la tierra como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, dánoslos hoy y perdónanos por nuestros pecados, así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre malas tentaciones, mas líbranos de todo el mal. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria para siempre, siempre, Señor. Amén. Sigan regresando. Keep coming back. It works if you work. Bienvenidos familia, 
Vamos a empezar hoy con orar el Padre Nuestro para empezar nuestra junta de estudio del colegio de junio 20. Ahora es un doisis saludable del amor. Vamos a orar. Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Véngase tu reino, hágase tu voluntad aquí en la tierra como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, dándonos hoy y perdónanos por nuestros pecados, así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre malas tentaciones, mas líbranos de todo el mal, porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria para siempre, siempre, Señor. Amén. El amor no se irrita, ni se queja, ni es resentido. No toma en cuenta el mal recibido. No le pone atención al mal que ha, ha sufrido. Primero Corintios 13, 4 a 5. ¿Sabía usted que vivir en amor es bueno para su salud? Es cierto. La ciencia médica lo ha comprobado. Los investigadores han descubierto que la hostilidad produce tensión que causa úlceras, dolores de cabeza y un sinfín de otros males. Ahora bien, cuando analiza el término hostilidad, ¿usted cree que es el tipo de enojo que usted siente cuando sucede algo serio? Pero según los expertos, eso no es lo que acociona los peores problemas. Por ejemplo, son las cosas pequeñas como cuando la levandaría arruina su traje favorito. O cuando la señora de la cafetería pone salsa en su puré de papa después de que usted le dijera claramente que no lo hiciera. ¿Le parece familiar? Solo piense en cuánta tensión podría evitar si es pronto para perdonar y vivir según 1 Corintios 13 sin tomar en cuenta las cosas que le hayan hecho. Imagínese los beneficios físicos y mentales de vivir así. Pero si usted ha dejado que la hostilidad lo mantenga atado, eso le parece, parecerá un sueño imposible de cumplir. Pero no es así, pues como creyente nacido de nuevo, usted tiene el amor de Dios en su ser interior. Si usted se rinde a ese amor, se libre. Será libre. ¿Recuerda cuando Jesús llamó a Lázaro de la tumba? Lázaro estaba vivo, pero todavía seguía amarrado por la mortaja. Jesús mandó que le quitaran las altaduras. Al fin, ataduras. Al fin que Lázaro pudiera ser libre para caminar. Jesús quiere esa misma libertad para nosotros. Por tanto, Pongarnos de acuerdo con él, le digamos a él y esos hábitos mortales, le, le, perdón, dígale a esos hábitos mortales que lo tienen atado. En el nombre de Jesús, suéltenme y déjenme ir. Dejo atrás la hostilidad, el rencor y el egoísmo perversero. Persevero en Dios, viviré un día de amor, con amor. 
Recuerde, no se requiere un milagro médico para transformar su vida. Lo único que necesita es una decisión de rendirse a la fuerza del amor. Hágalo hoy. Y adicional escritura es Proverbios 4, 10 a 27. Vamos para allá. Proverbios 4. va, Proverbios 4, 10 a 27. Les quería decir una cosa de para mí, para tener mucho amor, necesito leer mucha escritura y buena uh, literatura como la Biblia, que me cae en el corazón. Uh, hoy leí primera de Juan 1 a 5 y leí como cinco salmos y un proverbio para llenar mi tanque para el día, para tener, para ser positivo y no negativo. Proverbios 4, 10 a 27. Escúchenme, jóvenes, háganme caso y vivirán muchos años. Yo, como maestro, te enseñó a vivir sabiamente y siempre hacer el bien. Vayas rápido o despacio, no tendrás ningún problema para alcanzar el éxito. Acepta mis enseñanzas y no te apartes de ellas. Cuídalas mucho, que de ellas depende tu vida. No te juntes con gente malvada ni sigas su mal ejemplo. Aléjate de su compañía. Aléjate y sigue adelante. Esta gente no duerme hasta que haga algo malo. No descansa hasta destruir a alguien. En vez de comer, se satisface cometiendo maldades. En vez de beber... Festeja la violencia que comete. La vida de los hombres buenos brilla como la luz de la mañana. Va siendo más y más brillante hasta que alcanza todo su esplendor. La vida de los malvados es todo lo contrario. Es como un gran oscuridad donde no saben ni que tropiezan. Querido jovencito, escucha bien lo que te digo. Grábate bien mis enseñanzas y no te apartes de ellas pues son una fuente de vida para quienes las encuentran. Son el remedio para una vida mejor. Y sobre todas las cosas, cuida tu mente, porque ella es la fuente de la vida. No te rebajes diciendo palabras malas y indecentes. indecentes. Pon siempre tu mirada en lo que está por venir. Corrige tu conducta, afirma todas tus acciones. Por nada de este mundo dejes de hacer el bien. Apártate de la maldad. Amén. Este es el Proverbios 4. Ahora nos vamos a Salmo, Salmo 20. Que Dios te responda cuando te encuentras en aprietos. Que el Dios de Israel te brinde tu protección, su protección. Que Dios te envíe su ayuda desde su santuario. Que Dios te dé su apoyo desde Jerusalén. Que Dios se acuerde siempre de todas tus ofrendas y reciba con gustos los animales que presentas en su honor. Que Dios te conceda lo que pidas de todo corazón y que haga realidad lo que pienses hacer. 
Lanzaremos gritos de alegría cuando Dios te conceda la victoria y alabando, alabando a nuestro Dios. Haremos ondear las banderas que Dios te conceda todo lo que pidas. Ahora estoy bien seguro de que Dios le dará la victoria al rey que él ha elegido. Sé de que Dios le responderá desde su santo cielo. Sé que con su poder le dará el rey grandes victorias. Algunos confían en sus carros de guerra, otros confían en sus caballos, pero nosotros solo confiamos en nuestro Dios. Esa gente tropezará y caerá, pero nosotros nos levantaremos y seguiremos de pie. Dios nuestro, dale al rey la victoria. Respóndenos cuando te llamamos. Amén. La imaginación y tener un, uh, un retrato de nuestros, nuestros uh, objetos de acabar algo y no ponerle atención a los lados de la gente que no, no tiene objeto, no tiene programa. Hay que pensar en los programas y estudiarlos. Y usando la imaginación de un retrato de algo acabado ya en nuestra mente, de una meta, con el poder de Dios. Ahora ahí va otro Salmo, Salmo 19. El cielo, el cielo azul nos habla de la grandeza de Dios y de todo lo que ha hecho. Los días y las noches le comentan entre sí. Aunque no hablan ni dicen nada, ni se oyen un solo sonido, sus palabras recorren toda la tierra y llegan hasta el fin del mundo. En el cielo Dios ha puesto una casa para el sol y sale el sol de su casa feliz como un novio, alegre como un atleta, se dispone a recorrer su camino, sale por un lado y se oculta por el otro, sin que nada ni nadie se libre de su calor. La ley de Dios es perfecta y nos da nueva vida. Sus mandatos son dignos de confianza, pues dan sabiduría a los jóvenes. Las normas de Dios son rectas y alegran el corazón. Sus mandatos son puros y nos dan sabiduría. La palabra de Dios es limpia y siempre se mantiene firma. Sus decisiones son al mismo tiempo verdaderas y justas. Yo prefiero sus decisiones más que montones de oro. Me endulzan la vida más que la miel del panal. Me sirven de advertencia. El primer, el premio es grande y uno cumple con ellas. Nadie parece darse cuenta de los errores que comete. Perdóname, Dios mío, los pecados que cometo sin darme cuenta. Líbrame del orgullo. No dejes que me domine. Líbrame de la desobediencia para no pecar contra ti. Tú eres mi Dios y mi protector. Tú eres quien me defiende. Recibe pues con agrado lo que digo y lo que pienso. Amén. Que el Señor reciba con agrado nuestros pensamientos y lo que decimos en el nombre de Jesucristo. Dios los bendiga familia. Gracias por llegar hoy al estudio. Estamos alegres de que están aquí. Dios los bendiga.
Welcome to today's reading of June 20th, our 365 beloved Bible, New Living Testament. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, open our ears and our hearts and our minds. Lord, we give ourselves to you that you may run us and teach us your Bible, Lord. Your word we ask in Jesus' name, and we thank you for today's reading. Amen. All right, 1 Kings chapter 22. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Ramat Gilead belongs to us, and yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramat Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. And then Jehoshaphat added, For first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophet about 400 of them, and asked them, Should I go to war against Ramagilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right, go right ahead. The Lord will give you the king, your king the victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. <laughs> His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. Jehoshaphat replied, That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imla. <clears throat> king Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah dressed in their royal robes were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them said, The Achaeah, son of Canaanah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says, With these horns you will gore the Armenians to death. All the other prophets agreed, Yes, they said, Go to Ramat Gilead and be victorious. For the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to give Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab, Asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramagilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. 
Didn't I tell you the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, He never prophesied anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven round about him on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramah Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahaz's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah said, Kenanah walked out to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you, he demanded. And Micaiah replied, You will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son, Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, Everyone, mark my words. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramat Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, as we go into battle, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his 32 chariot commanders. Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So when the Armenian chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There's the king of Israel, they shouted. But when Jehoshaphat called out, the chariot commander realized he was not the king of Israel, and they stopped chasing him. An Armenian soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here, Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I am badly wounded. The battle raged all day, and the king remained propped up in his chariot facing the Armenians. The blood from his wounds ran down the floor of his chariot, and as evening arrived, he died. Just as the sun was setting, the cry ran through his troops. We're done for run for your lives. So the king died, and his body was taken to Samaria and buried there. Then his chariot was washed beside the pool of Samaria, and dogs came and licked his blood at the place where the prostitute bathed, just as the Lord had promised. The rest of the events in Ahab's reign and everything he did, including the story of the ivory place and the towns he built, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So Ahab died, and his son Azihiah became the next king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, began to rule over Judah. 
in the fourth year of King Ahab's reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai. Jehoshaphat was a good king following the example of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines. And the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of the events in Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of his power and the wars he waged are recorded in the book of history of the kings of Judah. He banished from the land the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes who, who still continued their practices from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom at that time, only a deputy. Jehoshaphat also built a fleet of trading ships to sail to Ophir for gold. But the ships never set sail, for they met with disaster in their home port of Ezion Geber. At one time, Azahiah, son of Ahab, had proposed to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with your men in the ships. But Jehoshaphat refused this request. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Azahiah, son of Ahab, began to rule over Israel in the 17th year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following example, the example of his father and mother and the example of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who had led Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped him, provoking anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Amen. You know, uh, some of the things when the uh, the person disguised himself into battle, was, it was so obvious that he was setting up the other king for his own safety, and, and the uh, charioteers ran after Jehoshaphat, and then they realized that it wasn't the king at all. And how... Uh, how quickly they went into battle and the, the prophet prophesied properly that I will only prof, prophesy the things of, of, of the mm -hmm. people Amen. of the Lord. Amen. But uh, obedience, deep obedience instead of trying to do our actions. You know, like I used to give money and try to get the Lord to do things for me, like I was saying. You know, sacrifice giving and so forth and all this and everything and uh, what prayer would do. Prayer takes the time. Prayer is actually, prayer is ima imagining an outcome and praying for that outcome and asking God to help that outcome come to pass. Imagining something good and then after you imagine it a while in prayer, you'll start to believe it and you will start to, the Lord will help us get there and fix it. I believe that's the way prayer should be done. Instead of giving money or good works, or Bible studies, or communities, or 
running from speaker to speaker. Um, I believe the future in God's hands. And you know how the guy said, I saw all of Israel scattered because the king had died. I saw the, you know, and he saw it in a vision. We have a lot of visions in that for, format. In other words, we see people, we're praying for people, and then the Lord gives us a vision. For instance, I was praying for this one couple's uh, home so they can keep it, and I saw their older son running alongside the roof on top of the house, and the, and the roof was caving in, like on the edges of the house, and then the roof was caving in that house that we're, I was praying for. I saw in an instant. And I prophesy, I said, uh, your older son and his financial situation is going to be the collapse of your house. That's what my the interpretation of seeing that vision. So I have had many visions like that. When you're praying for people, you see things. And just like the prophet saw things, you see things of the Lord's will of the future. Amen. I don't know why I added that. It doesn't come too frequently. I haven't had it in a while that I see things. But I used to see things a lot a while back. <laughs> Anna? Yeah. Um, it's very interesting that, you know, I, I love the way the prophet says, you know, I only prophesy what the Lord tells me. That is the way... You know, all of us who have the prophetic anointing, that's how that's how we roll. You know, we can't be doing it on our own um, opinion or our own view. And, and we've got to be real careful with that. Um, because the king didn't like him. He's like, you only prophesied trouble to me. When he was prophesying what he saw, of you know, that God was giving him. So, you know... Um, anyway, I, th I thought that that was a real, real good way because all of these other 400 prophets, I mean, you had the 400 that were, that were being asked, should we go to war? And then they did say, yeah, it's okay to go. But then they, they called in Mike, uh, Micaiah and he came and said, yes, go. But, um, I just thought that, um. That there was some kind of a difference between this prophet and these 400. I don't know what that is right now, but it's really interesting that um, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel because uh -huh. they were usually at war. Uh -huh. They're uh -huh. brothers, and then the the other uh, the other guy was kind of the the king of Israel was kind of uh, loony. You know, right away he figured, how can I profit with this man, powerful man? He goes, mm -hmm. well, will you go to war with me and try to just take back that city? You know, uh, he was bent on destruction. And I think his death was because of a pr earlier prophecy that all that family would die and the dogs would lick the blood mm. in, the, in the pool of Shalom with all the prostitutes bathed. Ugh. Yeah, you know, in, in number 17 here... Uh, where Micaiah was, um, you know, after he prophesied, Micaiah had that vision. It said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains 
And it says, like sheep without a shepherd. Okay. Uh -huh. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. So I'm just, um, I don't know where. I thought that was in Isaiah 53. You know, or I'm not sure where I have read that before. Where it says, you know, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Do you, do you remember where that scripture is? Well, Jesus says that. To yeah, the he, Sumerians, you know, yeah. but, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of places, but I don't know right at the uh, Yeah, moment. I don't know right at the top, but that stood out to me because, um, anyways, it, it's worth going and looking into after. So where do we see Jesus in this, the question is? Yes, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here. The uh, To me, Jesus is in that the Lord, I saw the Lord sitting in his throne. Oh, yes. What did he say? With all the armies of heaven and around. And his right and on his left. Uh, yeah. and a, so he see, he, and it's interesting, he said that a spirit came up. Yes. You know, Ooh. and I will succeed. Because they say there's a lot of us that we're, we're the same way how we volunteer to come home, to come here. The Lord said, well, there's a family and they're going to need uh, an encourager to go down there. And all of the spirits are standing there. The, the family is going to be Mexican. The person is going to be born in, in, in Tijuana. What good can come out of Tijuana? And uh, and let's give him a little bit of a humbleness by giving him some sickness early in age, so he'll be humble. And then I stood. I stepped up. I said, "I'll go. I'll be that person." And I went out there. I will not let the devil deceive me. And and uh, so that's what the the reports are that that's the way we have we are volunteers and we're spirits or angels and we come down to live in here that's why we miss our home that's why we're we're longing that something is missing our home in heaven that's why being still the lord can guide us when we're still we enjoy his word of god and he'll start doing things for us protecting us, our resources, and our health so we can read the Bible. If you're being attacked every time you read the Bible, start with praising the Lord and finishing your day with praising the Lord and then reading 1 John 1 through 5 as a born-again Christian. The love will increase and the love will push back the forces of the enemy and give you peace. That's been my experience so I see Jesus in the prophet. When the prophet spoke, I, I sensed the power of God coming out of his word so strong. You know, very, very anointed. Uh, listen to what the Lord says. Micaiah says, I saw the Lord on his throne with all the armies of heaven round about him on his right and the left. I have seen the throne. I didn't see any angels. I just saw the throne of God stooping, looking down at us in a white robe and an incredible throne that was very simple, made out of cement, nothing elaborate. Okay, honey, you want to move on? Yes, I do. Thank you. Acts chapter 13. Uh, after, Acts chapter 13, 16 to 41. So Paul 
stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, those in the synagogue, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then, with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do... You think I am the Messiah? No, I am not, but he's coming soon, and I'm not even worthy, worthy to be his slave and untie his sandals on his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as one of the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecy said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with them from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors and God has now fulfilled it for us. Their descendants by raising Jesus. This is what the second Psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Okay. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David. For after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sin for your sins. 
Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Wow, powerful Lord. Something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe. Even if someone told you about it. Wow. That's good stuff. Um, okay, so... What did you, what did you, what stood out to you? Well, that's the whole salvation message there, you know, and it's interesting how prophecy took place. Today you are my son, today I have become your father. Mm -hmm. That's in Psalms 2, verse 7. Um, it is my, it is my uh, humble opinion that people had to recite that a lot. So when Jesus came, it was already a done deal because of the prophets that, of all the people in the synagogues reading the uh, Psalms all day long and, and kind of like prophesying people of God. So when Jesus came, says, Today I reveal you as my son, Psalm 2-7. That was a prophecy yet a thousand years ahead of its time that was prophesied. And then... Uh, and he also, too, in Isaiah, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, mm -hmm. even if someone told you about it. This one is in Habakkuk 1.5. Uh, and uh, so those are all prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, that we believe in Jesus, our sins are forgiven, it's too easy. A lot of us try to work out uh, and do home edge or something, you know, trying to pay for our, pay our way for salvation. But like Jesus said, do all you can to work with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, get to know Him, Him, Jesus. In the Old Testament, New Testament, get fired up about the Word of God. And you're good to go. That's what we should work for. Amen. He doesn't make it too hard for for us. <clears throat> would you like to read the study? Uh, yes, I think I would. Um, Paul was speaking to devout Jews so to establish common ground. Paul traced Jewish history from the Exodus onward. He stressed the Jews' deliverance out of the Egyptian bondage their occupation of the promised land, and the establishment of the kingdom, and the special place David, special place of David. Paul reminded the Jews about God's covenant with Israel. A point of agreement, because of all Jews were proud to be God's chosen people. From there, Paul began talking about Jesus Christ. Paul explained how the good news about Jesus fulfilled their covenant. Paul pointed to Jesus' resurrection to show how many sinners can experience God's forgiveness. When you share the good news, find ground with your audience, as Paul always did. You can't guarantee that people will always repent and believe, but you can make sure you faithfully present God's good news. Amen. You know, 
That's, I think the whole sentence of this whole part that I read was really, you know, how Paul just boldly professed here, brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins, uh, for your sins. That's number one. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Okay? Something the law of Moses could never do. And so I think that's very powerful because it says here, who believes in him? You can be, you know, you... You know, as Fernando said, we don't we don't work for our salvation. All you all God, God is asking us to do is believe in Jesus, and you'll have eternal life. You believe that you know He raised Him from the dead, and He's forgiving your sins. I know it sounds a little bit too easy, but that's the good news today, and that's what we need to always zero in on and, and remember that you know when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's brought forgiveness for you personally, you know, um, and and I guess for me that that has to be. Um, you're declared right with God already. You don't you you don't have to go up to the altar like we did, right, Fernando? We went up to the altar a lot, just feeling bad all the time, you know. Until I I found a place that helped me with that when I when I uh, a friend of mine had a, had a church and. It really set me off into the right motion as I started to seek God more and I started to learn more and spend more time with God and the Lord. And I just, you know, all this time, it's, you know, the, Moses' law can't do that for you. You know, following the Ten Commandments day in, day out. I mean, you break one, you break them all. You know, it's much easier to... to uh, to be under the, the kingdom and the covenant of, of Jesus Christ's umbrella of grace that says, um, you know, for your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. God said that in the book of Hebrews. So, you know, th this is it. You know, you, you're free. You're free of condemnation. You're free of shame. You're free of guilt. And you're, you know, you're being, you have a right standing with God already. You don't have to sit there and beg Him for that. When you pray, you say, you know, you, you, you work from where you, your right standing is, which is victory already for that problem. And you look to Jesus for all your things and everything you need here on this earth. You, you look to Him for it. And get him. He has a fresh what, supply for you. That's what we're doing right now. He's we're a, looking him to inspire us and keep yeah. us and show us the way. Yeah. We, you know, it's fun, it's interesting, it's intriguing, and it renews our youth like eagles. Amen. We're excited. Stay excited because the word of God is alive and powerful. It sears our hearts and keeps us motivated. Woo! It is. It is alive. The word of God is alive. And it's powerful. And powerful. To the dividing of uh, uh, two swords, so it will divide the bone marrow. Amen. And the joints. So <laughs> We thank the know. Lord for them. Yeah. We ask Him to fulfill His words, His promises that God has made to us. Thank you, Lord, for your many promises, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you said if we give to the poor, 
you will repay. If someone steals for something from us, you will restore, Lord. If we need salvation, you will give us salvation. Thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. And now we thank you for the reading of Psalms, Lord. We praise you for your word and your promises. Be it unto us according to your word, Lord. You're for your glory and your honor. Thank you, Lord, for the grace. Amen. Psalm 138, verses 1 through 8. I give you thanks, O Lord. With all my heart, I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. That's beautiful, huh? Mm -hmm. Amen. Don't abandon me. For you. That's kind of like in the morning to prophesy it into the future, in the evening prophesy it for the next 24 hours. And let us make these words come to pass in our lives by speaking them in faith into the air. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 17, 17 and 18 is, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. It is poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or, or put up for security for a friend. You know, it's interesting to said that a friend is always loyal. And then it says, why? And a, brother's, and a brother is born to help in time of need. So in other words, there was a, I was a spirit that came here. And then there's another spirit that says, let me go born, be, uh, be born next to this man so I can help him when his time of need is there. So <laughs> there's always other good spirits around us. They want to help us to do and, and accomplish God's purpose, God's will. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Thank you, Lord God, that it's exciting, Lord, to hear and to worship you and to praise you. Thank you for our salvation. We are grateful that you have saved us. You covered us with your blood. And we're completely free, Lord. Sinless. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We are sanctified and holy because of the sacrifice are offering the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Thank you for blessing the people and the listeners today and always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. You're welcome. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful words of life.